What's up, goats? Welcome to season two of Startup Hype Man's Goat to Market Show. I'm your host, Startup Hype Man founder and chief pitch artist, and of course I go by the name Raj Nation. This season we've got a special treat for you. If you haven't already heard, I officially dropped the album Goat to Market, the first ever hip-hop album about you, founders, and about the life, startup life. Goat to Market is an eight-song concept album telling the story of a founder's journey from idea to capital raise. It's a story of struggle to success, getting up after being knocked down, breaking down in order to break out, and dealing with the doubt, distractions, and detours, and route to dominating and becoming, well, the GOAT. Now, a lot went into making this album, from the initial concepting, to the beat making, to the lyricism, to the overall storytelling, and someone who was instrumental in bringing it together was a man by the name Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo is the founder of Be The Stage, a company that specializes in creating digital word of mouth via streaming podcasts, interactive trade show boots to run podcasts live off the trade show floor, online content, and so much more. And Pablo has become a good friend of mine over the last couple of years, and I decided to make him the creative director for the album. So think of his role almost as my creativity consultant, helping me get out of my head, helping me figure out the album's story arc, working with our producer. He even makes an appearance on one of the tracks. For this season of the GTM show, instead of me interviewing other guests, I'm actually the one being interviewed by Pablo. We talk about the album, the concepts and themes, the behind the lyrics, you know the deal. Listen, I put my heart and soul into this album, and this is my way of letting you inside my head. Haven't heard the album yet? Goat to Market is streaming everywhere. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Tidal, or any other random network, just search Goat to Market or Raj Nation and get ready to be taken on a musical journey. And if you want to chat with me directly about the album or about anything you're going through with your startup, whether that's pitching, figuring out your go-to-market strategy or something else, Remember, I'm just a DM away if you join our online founder community, the Goat to Market Club, at startuphypeman.com slash gtm dash club. Without further ado, I give you season two of the GTM show, appropriately titled Making the Goat. The opening lyrics for I Get Around are... Wipe the dust off my pitch deck. This is my commitment to the day I'm seeing big checks. I had those, I had that, those four bars figured out two or three months before we ever put this song into action. Mm. And I remember back in April of 2022, I did this speaking engagement at DePaul University, my alma mater, and just the, the group that was putting it after my talk was done, they were like, oh, can we do a quick video for social media? I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And they were like, oh, just you know, talk about like, what this event meant for you. And you know, maybe drop a rap if you want as well. And so that was the first time I ever out loud spoke those where I had those lyrics in my head for a few months. And in that video, which is probably sitting on whatever DePaul clubs, probably on their Instagram, is that those first four bars. So it's weird because this is the second to last song on the album, but it's the first song we did because the whole album is really built around this song Mm -hmm. because this is where it started at. And so I just, I knew this is how it had to start. And if this is how it was going to start, it needed to feel like almost like this anthem. Yeah. Kind of in the way, like you take like till I collapse by Eminem is like an anthem, right? Mm -hmm. You know, this doesn't have the hook. It doesn't have the structure of the three bar, you know, the verse hook, verse hook, verse hook three times over. 
but it has that feel of like, whoa, this is like, I'm feeling this in my bones. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that you had the, the opening to this song already thought out before. Cause to me, when, when you and I started talking about the mixtape, this song to me is also the one that I had the most thought out, right? Like I, I, as we talked about the arc of the story, there was going to be this like roadshow to, to getting your funding kind of like crescendo of tense moments that like you said, with the Anthem for me, it was Biggie's victory, right? Like I, I, I remember rolling around with victory in my car and just like having this whole, like, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready to go fight anybody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and the idea, the idea of this like crescendo with some kind of, I, I don't know what is, what's in the background. Like it's like the cello or, or, or whatever it is, right. Some kind of like kind of classical crescendo going on in the background with a, with a rising tension, with a break in the middle and then going back and finishing strong was like the one thing that I had in mind. So it is interesting. You put this out first to me, it was a big kind of like validating point of when you first put this thing out, working on the first beat, we had to have a win, have like a song that we both really, really liked really propel this thing forward in a, in a very motivating way, man. I thought you nailed it, dude. And then the next one, the next lyric is my favorite lyric in the song. Cause as you know, I'm obsessed with category design and I <laughs> echo with how you're like, be the only, right? And when you're like, a kid step, give a fuck about the competition on another planet made up of another composition. It's a high position with a view that you don't see. Right, a POV. Are we the best motherfucker? We the only. When, when you started it with that and I'm like, oh my God, now he's talking category design language. <laughs> he's hitting on that, on that stuff. Was that, it feels like you are incorporating language that you generally use at startup hype man, the the POV and being the only and stuff like that, right? That, that's so right. It's like a little like nod and a wink that I slipped in startup hype man's point of company POV, right? Which yeah. is don't be the best, be the only. Yeah. And so that that's that's what's just like casually thrown in there, but you know, it's in step and it's in it's in rhyme and everything like that. But yeah, that 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 what you what you're saying there is spot on with it. And I think it's how you feel, especially as if you're if you're in that pursuit to raise capital, you constantly get the question of like, what about this company who's doing something similar? What about this company? What about this competitor? And you're just like, motherfucker, we're the only ones out here. Stop talking about them. I don't care. I don't give a shit about them. We're here. Look at us. Focus on us. That's the kind of the idea there. And, and then, you know, the next lyrics from there, we go into. You don't own me like every other crony. Specialist geneticist with money couldn't clone me. That's another like ev evocation of no, only only me or only we are the ones who are out here doing this and quit trying to stake a claim on what what we're doing. Yeah, it hits deep into that whole like founder mentality of like I can't work for somebody else. I, I've it's me, right? Like. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was really cool. The next line I really liked was when you said it on the low key 24, eight, like a resurrected Kobe. I was like, Ooh, that's everyone's <laughs> dude. Everyone who has heard this song who got the, you know, the advanced listen, that's their favorite yeah. line. I yeah. love it too. I mean, I wish I did. I wish it what didn't have to be a lyric, right? I yeah. wish he was still alive, but yeah. that, that was, I, I, I love that that line came through. 
Cause you know, we all say it's like, it's a 24 seven job as an entrepreneur, but really it's a 20, you know, it's like you somehow figure out an eighth day in the week to, to, to run your company. And as we know, Kobe wore number 24 and eight. So it just, it worked so well. And I'm so happy that like it, it hits too in the way it's delivered from there. So the next set of bars, this is where it kind of gets into like that level of sophistication, right? So OG, you better get in this deal. The only cogs to watch is the one in this wheel. Cogs are cost of goods sold. C-O-Gs, right? C-O-G. But it's, it's, look at how this comes together, right? The OG. So when I'm saying I'm the OG, it's the, it's the of goods, of, of C-O-G, of cost yeah, yeah, of goods yeah. sold. And the original and it, gangster, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead, of, yeah. instead of original gangster, it's like, hey, yeah. I see original gangster. I'm like, I'm the, like my, my cogs are lined up, right? And then we 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 hit a like it's it's triple rhymed or a triple entendre because co- cost of goods sold, but I use cogs as like a cog in a, in a, a spoke in a machine, a cog in a wheel, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the, the only cogs to watch is the one in this wheel, meaning like I'm the hub and the wheel goes around me, and then from there. It ain't smoke and mirrors, it's legit and it's real. Punt on me, I return like the NFL. Like you're gonna pass on me, you're gonna punt on my company, you're not gonna invest in us. Well, guess what? I'm gonna return. Like a punt returner does in the NFL, I'm gonna like I'm gonna return and come back in your face, but I'm also gonna return, meaning return the fund, which is the term used in venture capital, right? We need to invest in a company that's gonna give us such outsized uh, invest return on our investment that they're gonna return the entire fund that we've invested into this. Yeah, first of all, I didn't realize that you were talking about cost of goods sold until I read it. And I saw that you had CO cogs in all caps, yeah. right? So I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we are discussing this right now. Cause I, I was going to go more into the NFL thing, right? Cause that was, that was obvious to me, multiple yeah. entendres, but like, if you don't see it in front of you, this idea of like the OG to the COGs to cog in a wheel. Um, absolutely, absolutely genius, man. Well, and- this is like the, what a lot of this album has when we think about the overall theme or like just listening to this from start to finish, not just this song, but the whole album. Yeah. And this is coming back to what we talked about in the intro episode, like about how this could have only been done now and not five, six years ago. Cause if I did it five, six years ago, I would have been so intently focused on making it. How do I put it? Like, hyper niche in that only this small subset of people can and should listen to it. But what this brings is like, Hey, I've got a niche audience, you know, of the startup community, but the, the way the lyrics come through, the way the sounds of the songs are is you can be nowhere near startups and you can nod your head and vibe. And like, and if you want to extract this out of the lyrics, fine. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you must you must interpret it this way. I'm going to tell you how I interpret it and what I was going for. And that's, and I want you to know that for the sake of this podcast. But if you heard that and you didn't catch Cog's cost of goods sold the first X times through and, and maybe you never were gonna, that's also okay. Cause I, I need, and I want the casual listener who's not running a company, who's not working at a startup, who's a lawyer, who's a doctor, who's a whatever to be able to just vibe with it right and 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 catch up with enough of it yeah 
it goes even more into uniquely you in the sense that there's a lot of that. There's also a lot of running, uh, like sports, long, long form, double entendres. We'll, we'll Mm -hmm. talk about in other songs, but the NFL one is great, right? Like the punt on me, I return like the NFL, right? Like a punt return, um, return on investments. So it's like whole bunch of NFL uh, football references, again matched up with business with jargon. Business. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's phenomenal. And it all it actually it all makes sense too, right? Like we run yeah. the score a quarterback, meaning like we did great last business quarter, but a quarterback, yeah. right? The person who's uh-huh. helping run up the score with the team. Uh, a purchase order ordered more. We're bordering a floor of cash. All right, we got this big purchase order in, so now our floor is cash, not our ceiling. So even if we ever touch down, meaning even if we ever fall to the ground and hit our floor, it's a forward pass. We're still going to be advancing the ball forward and moving forward, which we know, you know, touchdowns are often done by a forward pass, which one line earlier, we said quarterback, right? Yeah. So the quarterback threw a forward pass and scored a touchdown in this. I love it, dude. I love it. And it's also the first time for me when the extra kind of like beat production of sound effects starts to really like jam with me, right? Like it talks about the forward pass, the touchdown, and there's like a in the background of, of a crowd. And I didn't see that coming at all, man. Like I remember hearing the first version of this beat be like, yes, this is, this is like, this is like Biggie's victory. This is good enough for me. But then you started adding in these other layer elements of like sound effects. How do you think about that when you are, uh, putting together songs, man. It's a combination of what do I know I said in the lyrics combined with based on what this song is going for, where do we need it to be more like, where we, where do we need to have more fullness? You could do this whole song with just the instrumental and none of the, none of the extra sound effects. And I think it would totally. still be good. Yep. But for something like this, that I was like, the vibe of the song needs to have that extra layer of production to it. I was looking at what are the elements where we need to make something felt a little bit more and like hit on the lyric. So that way it just, it helps bring the whole thing together stronger. Um, So it, you know, it doesn't feel like empty, right. Versus Mm -hmm. what we were talking about with NXT, which is like, it doesn't need to be overproduced. We don't need to add sound effects. We need to add uh, double time vocals or anything like that because it's meant to be, running thoughts in your head that are oftentimes incomplete. But this is like for like a culmination kind of song, this like it it had to be brought home with that kind of vibe to it with adding in like the, the, uh, the, the touchdown cheer there. And, and I think it just made sense to do it there because Right. Touchdown is something that's, that's celebrated, right? So you're going to hear fans cheer when a touchdown happens. Mm-hmm. So why in our, like you'll never have a situation where there's a touchdown and no one cheers, whether it's at home or in the stadium. So why would our touchdown not have people cheering behind it? Mm-hmm. And then I think it just, it, uh, it, it was a nice little minor, minor, like Miller break before the next set of lyrics come up that, that change course and, and leave the football analogy behind. Yeah. Yeah, I love the man. I think you walked a really fine line of adding those elements to speak to the the feel me hip hop guys and and also not over overly producing it and not making it like cartoonishly too over the top, right? Like there's a lot in like what you don't say 
um, yeah. that I think helps a lot. I've got like one more lyric I want to get into, but is there, is there another one in I get around that you really want to, that you really want to dive into? The Taco Bell line. Yeah, cool. <laughs> right. So the bars go. Taking me to task and I'm brandishing a battle axe. But do diligence is feeling like a saddlebag. While you chilling shit, I'm feeling like a tackle bass. The mood killer is a deal, so I'ma have a glass. But I'm here to make a record deal. I'm tired of eating Taco Bell to save a buck on second wheel. Chew with the stuff, but they're cheap enough to get them still. All the clock without thinking about the extra grill. So, so good. Right. Like it's funny because like record deal, am, am I talking about a music deal or am I talking about making a record, like just business deal in general, like, like a historic business deal. Right. Yep. And it's like, I'm here to do this because I'm tired of eating Taco Bell. Right. To, to save a buck on, you know, on second meal sale. So on lunch, which is something that I think every entrepreneur has been through. And it's like, it's not just like Taco Bell. It's like, think about the times, you know, in the first couple of years of running your business where like, you have that thought. You're like, well, if I eat a granola bar, or if I eat a protein bar at 11, I can actually skip lunch and save money on lunch. And then I'll have a couple of dollars more to eat dinner. Yeah. Right. These are all the things we've been through. So that's kind of what's being evoked there. Yes. Yeah, su- super relatable from that, from that to like, can I make my buddy's bachelor party when I just need to like sit yes. down and grind? Right. Like it is, it is a, it's a euphemism for like all of the sacrifices that you make and the food, the food analogy is hits, right? Because everybody's done that one. And and on the bachelor party thing, it's like, not only can I make it because of time, but you're like calculating in what way could I, you know, what if I fly in the morning of, and I don't stay at the hotel and I fly out that same night or like we, I stay at the hotel, but I stay one less night. So I save a little bit, right? All these things you do to try and just make it work, which you're also like, you know, what's interesting is in those lyrics, what hits in the background is I go, man, fuck this shit. And you got to listen close, like on your headphones to hear that. But that's like when it happens over and over again, that's what you're thinking. And that's what happens. And that, that's the thought that you have. But then the, the way these lyrics close, this set of lyrics is chalupas suck, but they're cheap enough to get them still. I want the guac without thinking about the extra skrill. So skrill meaning you know money. And this to me is probably the most important part of these bar, these, this, this, set of bars because I don't remember if I thought of this or maybe I heard it somewhere else years ago, but there is a moment in the founder entrepreneur journey where, and not everyone gets there, but for those who do, the switch flips to where, and it's more of like a Chipotle thing, I'd say, than a Taco Bell thing, where when you don't have a ton of money, you're in that line at Chipotle and you ask your, and, and you have the option, you get to the end of the line if you want to add guac. 99% of us always want to add the guac, but we hold off because we're like, eh, it's $2.35 extra. So you, you, you convince yourself you don't need the guac or you're fine, you can live without it, but you always want it. And I think you know, for the entrepreneurs who are able to succeed, there, it's like it's your guacamole moment where you can be in line at Chipotle and no longer think about the trade off of the $2.35, where you're just like, I want the guac, I'm getting the guac. And that's, that's, that's kind of what, what I'm hitting on there is in this point, you're like, you want to be at that point of not having to think about the cost of the guac when you get your burrito. 
you know, that it's that it's that mindset switch as somebody who has just very recently flipped that switch, right? like in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, you know what? I'm ordering these Jordans. <laughs> um, it is a it is a it is a landmark moment of. I'm not counting every penny, you know, you, you start thinking about how much money you can save on a monthly basis as opposed to like to invest later on versus how much money you can save on a monthly basis in order to be able to live so that you're not going into debt. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's that, that idea of like, can I, yeah, it's, it's great, man. I think it's, I think you nailed it with, with the guac analogy is perfect because it's the Chipotle trope of like guac is extra is such a, it's such a perfect personification of like this small pleasure that you want to give yourself. Um, but damn it, man, a buck 50, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, even, when you technically can't afford it, is is that dollar eighty five, two dollar, you know, depending on where you are and depending on yeah. inflation, right? It changes, but like you're probably fine in that moment if you get the guac, but you can't fundamentally like allow yourself to get the guac because you know it's turning your burrito from eight fifty to ten seventy five or whatever. Yeah, and that's just like it. It messes with your psyche because you're like, no, I can't spend ten seventy five on a burrito. That's too much for a burrito. Yeah. Yeah. So you, again, double you rationalize, even though you yeah. want it, you rationalize why you don't need it in that moment. Yeah. Perfect, man. Well said. Um, the, the part where the beat fades out and it stops and it goes back in, we use that trick twice in the album. It's like a personal favorite for me, right? Like any, like uh, I, there's, there's many songs throughout history that I love that like stop. And then we bring it back. Um, how do you, how do you feel about that thing? How were you thinking about it when it came to this song? So I've performed this like four or five times live at different keynotes up to this point. And every time I'll get to the end of that first verse and the beat will drop and everyone thinks it's the song is done and they're, they're satisfied at that point. And so like they're applauding and I'll hold my hand up and be like, wait. And then the beat will drop and then we'll kick in and do that, you know, shortened second verse. But the, the idea is like, if you look at how the se- how the second verse comes out, right? We we come out of the gates after the beat comes back in, and it's. So, it's the other side of like the verse one ends where you've raised it, and verse two picks up with like so what now. And that's, you know, on the rebound, off of a seed round. This is where I see sound. And this, this is like, it's the overcoming of emotion. It's, and it's things that don't necessarily make sense from a, if you think about like physics, right? This is where I see sound. No one can see sound. But you feel now that you can do these things and you feel this certain level of like, oh my God, we're here. We can do this. It's happening. Get out of my way, right? This is where I see sound. This is where I reach down. Um, this is where I beat doubt. And then it's like, and it's kind of like that pointing the finger to everyone else who couldn't get there or like who doubted where it's like, this is where you freak out. And this is where, or excuse me, this is where you freak out, level off and peak out. So it's like you who didn't believe in me or you who couldn't get to this point, this was your, this was your end game or this was where you stopped, but this is where my story begins. And that's why like, I think the second verse is really important because it's, and coming, to, coming back to that idea of like, well, GTM2 album, right? Well, it's really just, the story's really just beginning at this point. 
even though we've gotten to the, the, the goal, it's just kind of goal number one. Um, and then I think there's just, there's some other cool parts in the lyrics, right? Like, which is oftentimes the first round that people raise is safe, a safe note, which is simple agreement for future equity. Um, and then we just got some, you know, some wordplay with like cooking up the dough. You know, if I play it safe with the bread, it's a safe round cooking up the dough, right? Dough and bread. So you better pull your bank out because we obviously we're talking about money. But then the next couple lyrics, like we continue the food analogy a little bit. Uh, if I play it safe with the bread, it's a safe round cooking up the dough. So you better pull your bank out, take out, right? Ordering to uh, it's, it's takeout. I deliver any day now. Take out delivery, right? But you're saying I'm gonna like I'm gonna deliver on this promise, um, and then you know we got some fun lyrics to close it out from there. Hey, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation on making the goat thus far. We still have a whole lot more to dive into on this song in this episode. But before we go any further, I want to just pause and let you know about a partner who was instrumental in helping bring the album to life, a partner who's been instrumental on this podcast and supporting it, and just who's been overall a huge supporter of Startup Hype Man's overall goat-to-market platform. And that partner of ours is Akeba, and I want them to become your partner in software development. And if you do that, they're going to help you go from zero to one. Whether that's blockchain or no chain, Web3 or Web2, mobile apps or SaaS, Akeva builds it at startup speed and enterprise level refinement and class. That's why startups like Stride Health, Haveno, Olive Side, and so many more have trusted Akeva from their first dollar all the way up to their billion dollar valuation. And they're ready to help you become the goat to market. I've sent a bunch of startups Akeva's way. They've all been so grateful for the connection and they have a killer offer for you. It's called a You Call It Code Review. What does that mean? Akeva will review the most critical parts of your code so you can see exactly what your tech needs to launch or scale. And they'll do this completely free and then you call it from there. So you wanna handle things on your own? You call it. Wanna get Akeva's dev help? You call it. Wanna take it somewhere else? You call it. It's an unbeatable offer and like I said, they've been Startup Hype Man's partner in supporting the Goat to Market platform. They even get a shout out in one of the songs on the album and I want them to become your partner in software development. Ready to see if you qualify for a You Call It code review? Well, just fill out the inquiry form on their website at akava.io. That's A-K-A-V-A.io, akava.io and tell them Startup Hype Man sent you. Back now to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to bring that last part up as my last like Larry thing. Cause I love the, I love the whole like bread, takeout, delivery, knocking on the door to like knock off the hinges when you're like delivering the food. Yeah. All of that. I, was, I, I also like the whole, see how it shake out, stick a four minute. Cause I'm down with a bake out. So it's like shake and bake. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. Um, the, I love, I love that you brought up the live element of the, of the, of the lull in the beat. Right. Cause I had never thought about, about that piece. It's gotta be, it's gotta be real interesting on like a, on a misdirection piece. Like you're, you're a great performer. You understand crowds. You understand how like deliver a punchline. And like this idea that misdirection is kind of like how you hook people into a joke or you hook people into a story is always really good for me. 
it was just supremely singable, right? Like you end, you end the, that's like the first part that I started really singing as, as like I listened to the second time. And, and the fact that the first part ends with like, just sign a check and let me get the biz, right? Like it's yeah. got like this like cool edge to it. And then that part, you, what you were just saying though, right? Like up on the rebound off of a C round, this is where I see sound. This is where I reach out, right? Like it, like that's the first part that really got me singing along to it. So I have this like very sentimental um, feeling towards it. Cause it's like the part that makes me feel cool in the car next to my wife, like feeling like I'm rapping along. Uh-huh. Uh, so well, I, and that's, I, that's intentional, like, right? Like, yeah. Look at how the first verse starts versus how the second verse starts. Mm-hmm. The first, like, what the dust off my pitch deck. This is my commitment to the day I'm seeing big. Ch-. There's a lot of flow there, right? And there's, yeah. uh, I'd say, probably more like advanced lyricism and line construction. So if the song's gonna drop and you think it's over, but then it comes back, it has to come back to where you can nod your head to the beat and also be there for the lyrics too. So if I came back in that verse two and it was another like sort of complex rhyme scheme, it doesn't hit as well. But if I come back and just on beat on the rebound off of a seed round, this is where I see sound. This is where I reach down. Right. It's uh, it, it allows the second verse to make sense and play from like a, just a music listening perspective. Right. You're like, Oh, I'm glad this song kept going and didn't finish 10 seconds earlier. Yeah, it um, it remind you know you know I'm a huge Outcast fan. It reminds me of one of my one of my favorite Outcast songs, which is the title song of Equimini, where it's like Big Boy drops a verse, there's a silence, and then Andre drops a verse, and like Big Boy's verse is exactly what you said. It's very lyrical, right? Like it's got mm-hmm. all these like alliterations and all this different stuff, and then Andre's is like. My mom, my mind floats and bends, drop the wind, count to 10, meet the twin, Andre Ben, welcome to the, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's the same exact play. And it got me like right into that moment of like That's moving cool. from like lyrical to quiet to just like this consonance and assonance that just completely hits. Uh, I thought you did it great, man. It was awesome. I, was, I like that comparison. <laughs> right. It's, it's the best compliment <laughs> I can give you. Anything else on this song, man? There's a nice little wink as well towards the end where it's. This is a couple of things going on here. So family offices, as we know, is like a way to raise a vehicle to raise capital from. Sandbox is sandbox capital. So there's a wordplay there. Sorry, Sandbox. I'm going to build my own playground. So Sandbox being, you know, a famous venture capital firm. And you're like- I thought you meant Sandbox, like the the multi, the the metaverse kind of platform, which I thought was- Like the VR place? Yeah. You building your own playground in the metaverse. So I guess- Let's say it was also that. That that sounds- No. No, it's a, it's a reference to sandbox capital okay. to say like, I, like, I didn't take money from you actually, like I'm over here building my own place. So like you missed out kind of thing. Mm. I'm gonna build my own playground at sandbox playground, but also I'm gonna build my own playground is a callback to first verse. Are we the best motherfucker? Are we the only, and this is something that I'll talk about a lot with startup hype man with the pitch stuff is when you are the only you create the sandbox and you're alone in that sandbox and everyone else is forced to share a sandbox over there, but you're alone here building the castle. So that's like, it's a callback to verse one, both in saying, are we the best, we the only, 
but also right in a sandbox, what do you do? Like you build your, you build your sand castle, but remember, we didn't talk about it in this episode, but like, if you, if you're listening to the song, remember also in verse one, towards the end of the first verse, there's this whole thing about like, what are the investors saying about you? They crush him like a beetle. Should we let it be? Also, side note, beetles, let it be. But then the next lyrics are. So moat is something used in venture capital, meaning like what is your mechanism of defense to make sure the competition can't do what you're doing? Like a moat around a castle. Yeah, you're competing. And now yeah. in the end of the song. Sorry, sandbox. I'm gonna build my own playground. It's like, look, I'm building the fucking castle, and you were yeah. questioning if I had the moat. Yeah, come, like, come at me, kind of thing. 